Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Thanks for joining us today. This is Tim and Julie Harris, and our podcast is Real Estate Coaching Radio. Today, we're discussing our top 20 real estate market crash predictions. What will happen next for the housing market? How can the real estate industry and real estate agents prepare now for what might be a long inflationary recession? On today's Real Estate Coaching and Training Show, we're going to share with you our top 20 predictions about what happens next. And here's a hint. This is not like the last time. So please go ahead and like, as well as subscribe to our channel so you won't miss any new podcasts. We have something new for you every single weekday. So go ahead and add your comments and questions below, and we'll be sure to get back with you with a response. And for all of you on iTunes, the dozens and dozens of you that have given us five-star reviews on our daily podcast, on this very podcast, thank you for doing so. We certainly appreciate all your support. So we are getting... Right to point number one. Now, these are our predictions, but I want to preface this by, because we always have to remind ourselves that a lot of you guys listening and discovering us will be for the first time. Julie and I have been in the real estate business uh, for almost 30 years. Basically, we've been married for 31 years. We bought our first house when we were 22 and 23. Um, and our first full year in real estate, selling real estate, we sold over 100 homes in our early 20s. So we've, and basically about 10 years after that, we started training, and, uh, coaching and training agents. And the reason I'm telling you that is because it's important that you start being very careful, um, frankly, more discerning who you're receiving your information from, especially if you're on YouTube, for example, because many of the YouTube coaches, they haven't been through any cycles of real estate, let alone four cycles of real estate. Now, to call this real estate cycle, what we're experiencing now, just another sort of normal uh, recession is absolutely a misnomer. Julie and I think that overall, what we're experiencing and are going to continue to experience for some time to come uh, is going to be a really a, essentially a, I mean, frankly, a life-changing event for all of us. And it could be, that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing. It's just depending on how you react. But the housing correction back in 07 is not is frankly nothing compared to this. This is going to be something that's going to profoundly affect how all of us actually, frankly, interact with the economy, interact with each other. And this is going to be somewhat similar to uh, the recession that lasted for 10 years, starting in 1971 and ended in 1981. But more, most importantly, there's been other, um, you know, essentially economic setbacks, I call it what you will, trying to take the edge off a little bit here, because Julie and I are certainly not doom and gloomy, and I don't want to nope. seem that way. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that these are the types of events, these are the types of, I think, historic events that forever change our collective memory of what can actually happen in the economy. And again, there are good things that will come from this, uh, really this big, huge shift we're going through, and there'll be bad things. The choice for you is to make sure you are having the good things happen because the greatest fortunes of man and woman, obviously, have always been made during the greatest times of change. And I think you're, when we go through these predictions, you're going to see not all of these are bad. Some of them are going to be bad if you don't essentially take the right actions. So we're going to tell you the prediction and then we're going to coach you and train you and hopefully you'll listen as to what actions you should be taking. I'm going to get to point number one commissions will go up. They will not go down. How about that? 
That is true. That's right. I mean, we can vamp about that forever. But the commission deflation, if you want to talk about deflation, the commission deflation that's been happening in earnest really over the last 10 years, especially in the buyer side of transactions, will go away. All of you are experiencing this. If you're working at all with builders, you're seeing the builders are starting to offer incentives. The builders are starting to offer more commission. But here's what some of you will be blown away when I tell you this. You're going to start seeing above above average uh, above market average commissions mm-hmm. being offered not only on new construction, but that's going to start happening in some cases on resale as well. In other words, let's just say, you know, we don't know what your commission rate is. But let's just say your commission rate now in your marketplace has fallen to 2%. And used to be, you used to talk to the old people and they used to tell you about the, old people. the, the olden people, how they used to tell you about the time when it was 3%. <laughs> back in the good old days. Back in the good old days, you know, like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And now what you also don't know is back in 2007, 2008, 2009, in the three recessions before that, it was not abnormal to see a buyer's agent commission go above 3%. Mm-hmm. Guess what, kids? The pendulum is swinging the other direction. Point number two, Julie. Point number two, the buyers who remain in the market are more serious and more qualified with less competition. All of you buyer agents out there should be sighing a sigh of relief right now. And I, Tim, I'm looking for somebody to post a chart. The relationship of agents looking at how much gas and with the cost of gas they're putting in their gas tank versus how much they're actually using their buyer pre-qualification script now. <laughs> there right. is some kind of intersection of those two, well, how about but the, it's good news for buyers. How about those those, those absolutely uh, artistic, well done, hilarious memes that have been floating around mostly on in Instagram mm-hmm. where they show the Barbie who's the buyer's agent Barbie <laughs> and the Barbie who's a listing agent Barbie. Yes. And now I think you're going to basically see those same images perhaps flipped, uh, images so. flipped. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but the truth is, guys, is we're in a long-term uh, seller's market. That's not going to change. And this inflationary recession is actually going to cause fewer people to want to put their houses for sale for speculative reasons. That is not to say there will not be billions and billions and billions of homes that go for sale, but they're not going to necessarily be the same types of sellers, which leads us perfectly to point number three, Julie Harris. Yes, this is good news, I think. House flippers will go away. Their margins won't be great enough for them to continue flipping. This is good news on the buyer side because you're going to have less competition from those investor flippers. Let's talk about that a little bit. Now, they won't go away necessarily, but they will go away in the short run. So what's going to happen? And like, for example, Julie and I got uh, pitched on a really sexy um, real estate syndication deal for a bunch of apartments in Austin. And we were, this was given to us probably 90 days ago. And I looked at it and the numbers were good. They weren't great, but good's good enough. And so we started, when Julie and I were thinking about investing it, we were going to be a limited partner. And then guess what happened? I'm now asking for more details. I want to know about whatever, what are the, what's the terms of the loans, the long term of the uh, money that's on it? How, what kind of guarantees do you have from that the labor prices aren't going to go up? What kind of guarantees do you have? Because this is just basically dirt now. What kind of guarantees do you have that the, you know, the cost of materials won't go up? Well, they had none of those guarantees. So in other words, what was uh, appearing as a good deal was probably a money losing deal because of the fact that what's happening right now is we're in this transitionary time. And house flippers, a lot of house flippers that were uh, borrowing short-term money, in some cases hard-term um, uh, hard money, are going to find themselves in the wrong end of the balance sheet because of the fact the market's changed so fast on them. I'm thinking of all of you guys in California, so you got to be really, really careful. The time to hold out for the best price is not now. If you're in a flip, 
get rid of the flip, yes. especially if you have high interest uh, money that's basically leveraging you into that flip. Get out of the flip. Now, there's going to be good places to be put, uh, to be flipping for sure. There always are, no matter what direction the market's going. But the speculative things where you're starting to, you know, flip things that maybe five years ago didn't make sense. Well, guess what? They probably don't make sense as much sense now. So be super careful that you do not get caught on the, you know, essentially too far ahead of your skis with regards to some of your speculative behavior. Point number four. Point number four, and this is one to definitely watch out for, low margin brokerages, which is virtually all brokerages, and teams will either right size or go out of business. Some of you are already feeling that. We've had some coaching calls with buyer agents on teams that are like outraged that their team leader is holding them accountable all of a sudden to what's yeah. happening with all those leads. Well, that's because they're probably considering how, how and who they're going to right size, read between the lines, downsize somebody who's maybe not providing those efficiencies and not converting leads. You've got to really watch this. And and again, most brokerages, even in the best of times, are operating at what, three or 4% profit? Well, I mean, I, it's normal to see them operating less than 2%, but this goes also to um, essentially the labor pool is going to change dramatically. Mm -hmm. So in a market where, for example, the I, I'm thinking of uh, All In. Julian and I yep. listen to the All In podcast, and they were talking about the fact that a lot of these tech startup companies are going to completely implode and run out of money. They're not able to raise more money. They're not able to stay in business. But there are a lot of really, this is in the tech world, but it def definitely corresponds to the real estate world too, because obviously a lot of tech has entered into the real estate realms. You're going to most likely see a lot of very talented, um, you know, uh, internet type web coders, those types of folks are going to migrate towards the real estate space because they're no longer, they don't have their jobs at these other companies. They used to have their jobs at these startup types of run out of money. And so you're going to see the same thing that's good. Well, look at this, for example, um, Redfin just mm -hmm. laid off a bunch of people. How many other big brokers is going to start laying off other people? So if you're a broker right now, here's how I would be translating this. I would be thinking, well, Compass Agents, for example, I would be thinking, well, this might be a really great time for me to start recruiting. So it seems counterintuitive, right? There's, there's storm clouds on the horizon. Uh, maybe I need to be pulling it in. Maybe I need, well, what you need to be eliminating are the speculative expenses. In other words, things that where there's not a direct, you know, absolutely unquestionable correlation between effort and results or between money invested and the returns on investment. And furthermore, I would go out, let's say, for example, you are willing to spend, um, you know, when you spend a dollar, you are happy with getting a 3x return. In a market like this, you need to spend, uh, a, if you're going to spend the dollar, you need to look for something that's going to give you a 5 or a 10x return. And the reason is, is because inflation is going to uh, continue to increase, which if maybe, for example, like, um, how do I explain this? Like, I'll go, I'll take you guys back to that syndication deal. So that syndication deal that was offered to Julie and I was at 9%. And it wasn't, a, it, there was very low risk, at least how it was originally proposed. And now obviously there's a lot more risk. Well, why would I invest any money at all, a dollar in something that's going to give us a 9% return of investment? If, for example, the inflation rate is now basically 9%, that is absolutely stupid. So if we were to put a dollar in and then let's say we get the dollar back out in a year or two years and inflation has essentially caused the price of everything to increase to the point where there is absolutely no return on the investment because of inflation. That enters into everyone's calculus when they're determining what they should be investing in, which by the way goes to the reason why 
a lot of these uh, tech startup real estate companies and otherwise are going to go out of business because the investors are saying, well, I can invest money in this new fancy, uh, you know, real estate tech startup company that's going to, you know, whiz bang the real estate industry. Um, or I can actually start putting my money into things that's going to be less speculative and giving me a better return on investment. Now, here's a way to actually translate all this in a more practical way. For those of you, and this is the reason why there's going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be very difficult to get people out of their long-term low interest rate mortgages. If you have something that's anywhere less than 4% or 3.5% on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you're going to really think hard, even if you really need to move and really need to upsize or downsize. Unless you absolutely positively have to sell, you're not going to sell. So the speculative move ups and move downs, they're going to take themselves out of the market because they've locked into the lowest rate. Look, the bank has lent you money at 3.5%. The bank itself is going to lose money on that loan. Long term, that is one of the best investments you'll ever make. This is how you make money off debt is being able to lock in long term interest rates like this, which, by the way, we've been telling all of you mm -hmm. in anticipation of this happening to lock in long term uh, you know, fixed rate mortgages. How long have we been telling you guys that? Years, which is different than what we told you five years ago because all the calculus started to change. That's what inflation does. Inflation changes all of the rules. And many of us, I mean, Julie and I were kids when the last really stout bout of inflation was entering into you know, our lives. Well, guess what? We remember a lot of hardships. We remember gas lines. They're back. Mm -hmm. We remember food prices going up. They're back. Lots of coupon cutting. I, yeah, lots of coupon cutting. I remember being in the grocery store, uh, checking out at the grocery store, and my mom not having enough money to buy the groceries because she'd gone a week before, and she you know, was able to buy the groceries for 50 bucks, but now the same amount of groceries were 60 bucks, and she didn't have 10 bucks, so she had to, mm -hmm. you know, the extra $10, so she had to put something back. That is what a lot of America is going to be experiencing for the first time especially the younger folks. You've never experienced this before. Um, but listen, here's the thing. You're going to do just fine because you're in the real estate industry and the real estate agents get uh, raises along with the inflated price of real estate. When the house goes up by 7 or 8%, so does your commission, especially in a market like this, refer to point number one. Julie, next point. Yes. Okay. And this point is a diamond in the rough. Assumable loans will be a huge selling point for sellers that have those locked in lower interest rates. Now I did some research on this. FHA, VA, and USDA loans, all of them are assumable. It is a feature of that type of loan. Now, how, who is most going to be uh, What's affected assumable? by that? So assumable means, let's say that I own a house, let's take, you know, maybe a rental house in Columbus, okay? A typical first-time buyer house, and I'm the owner of that house, and I locked in 3.5% and I bought it FHA, okay? 30-year 30, 30, uh, 30 30 30 fixed. 3.5%, and let's say you bought it FHA, so you only had to put 5% down. Let's say you paid 15 grand for, or 30, 300 grand for it, so you had to put 15 grand down. You owe 285,000 on it, and let's say that you want to then, somebody wants to buy the house, yeah and you have something that they don't have, you have an assumable mortgage. Right. So what they have to pay you is your down payment, your 15 grand back, plus whatever hypothetical ad additional appreciation on the house right. was. So let's say after a year, the house was worth 330, they're going to have to some, you know, they're gonna have to pay you $45,000 and then they can assume your mortgage. That's the, that is a huge benefit to all, essentially all these government type loans. And yeah. there's every reason to believe that the government type loans in a market like this, I know this is counterintuitive guys, but this is what happens. They're actually going to become easier to get the, because everything else 
is locking is essentially putting over on overrides and everything and the government uh, loans are actually starting to uh, lessen the overrides so more loan officers and more real estate agents and more you know everybody is going to start using the government for loans yes so as a listing agent to go back to our assumables if i've got that house for sale for 330 and the neighbor's house is for sale for 330 my house is going to sell faster because I've got that assumable lower interest rate. The thing that you guys don't realize because you've never actually, this, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard of it. You, don't, you are not asking that question when you're taking a listing. Right. If they know that it's assumable or not, you have to start asking that. And there is a place in the MLS when you enter a listing to check off if it is an assumable loan. You also might start seeing some seller financing creep in and some well, other creative stuff. Thank you for reminding me. So let's say your buyer doesn't have the $45,000 down to buy the house I just described to you. Well, that doesn't mean the seller can't give them, a, this is how Julie and I got our, our second property. The seller can actually give them a second mortgage. So you will assume the first mortgage, you'll assume their FHA loan, and let's say then you as the your, your buyer or the you know your the buyer you're representing then has to put down let's say 15 grand or whatever that added uh, 30 grand that the seller wants out of the house they'll then give that to your buyer as a, as a, a secured second mortgage it's li it's leaned against the property it's filed properly yeah. right it's filed properly it's completely if you know there's no there's little to no risk to the the owner um, we can get into all that in a separate uh, you know we podcast but the reality of it is is these are all the types of things that we are predicting are going to start becoming more prevalent. More people will talk about this. Now, again, a lot of these things, most of you, really all of you, you've never experienced anything like this before. That's the reason this is the best time for you to join Premier Coaching. We have made joining Premier Coaching an absolute no-brainer for you. All you have to do is text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. We will be there every step of the way when you're part of our real estate community so we can show you how to be successful because of this market. There has not been perhaps in any of your careers, maybe your professional lives, a essentially a time where so many people have been in so at such high level need of caring, competent, skilled professionals. And in real estate industry right now, because of these times of change, how many agents do you know that even know how to get price changes? How many agents do you even know that know any of the things like what we just shared with you? Virtually none, unless they've basically been in the business forever. But even in then, even then, even if they've been in the business forever, doesn't mean they actually did any deals like this. So they're not going to know how to actually make this the market, uh, make you know, thrive in a market like this. Well, you will when you become a Premier Coaching client. So text the word Premier to four seven three seven two. Text the word Premier to four seven three seven two, and you are also going to receive all of our scripts, objection handlers, social media plans, um, you know, 90 day massive action plan, real estate treasure map. You get all this stuff for free the second you join Premier Coaching. And guys, this is the way forward for all of you. You are, many of you, the words that we're hearing from most of the you know places and the people we talk to, agents are freaking out, Tim and Julie. Tell us what to do. Agents are freaking out. What should we do? What should we be focusing on? We're telling you. That's what Premier Coaching is all about. No obligation, no strings attached. Text the word Premier to 47372. If you don't want to text or if you're outside of the continental United States, that's fine too. Just text, um, I'm sorry, go to members members.timandjulieharris.com members.timandjulieharris.com and it takes you right up to the sign up page it also tells you everything that's included in premier coaching 
Uh, again, members.timandjulieharris.com or just text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. Julie, point number seven. Point number seven. This is an interesting one. Rents will continue to go up, but will start to make more sense than mortgages in some markets due to mortgage interest rates going up. Now, for several years, quite a few years, you know, people were saying, well, if my rent is already this much and I can get a really low interest rate mortgage and the mortgage on the same house is going to actually give me a less payment than it makes sense to buy instead of rent. Now, that tide is starting to turn a bit. And some in some markets, depending on the pricing, you know, bigger cities, it's not as much. But yes. Well, what's going to happen is, Julie just said it perfectly, is because uh, we were losing tenants. We have dozens of rental properties yep. in different states. We were losing tenants and we were like wishing them best of luck. It made total sense for them to go buy a house. We, you know, God bless you. That's what you should be doing right now. But what happens is when the mortgage rates go up, when the payments on the mortgage on the homes go up, when the qualify, qualification standards go up, guess what happens? Rents go up as well. And if you're a landlord with a low interest rate mortgage, your margins are going to increase. So owning rental properties, if you think a lot of rental properties will be coming for sale, unlikely. And, you know, it was weird in some markets, guys. And one of our markets where we have you know, quite a few is Columbus, Ohio. And we were seeing rents which were more expensive. This was normal. Rents were more expensive than an equivalent mortgage payment on basically the same house. But now, obviously, that's changing really, really quick. That's going to benefit uh, essentially landlords, investors. But it's also going to mean fewer homes will come for sale. That's another very locked-in prediction that we're sharing with all of you guys. Make sure that um, you know you keep all these things in mind. There's not going to be a bunch of landlords that are going to put the bunch of properties for sale because all of a sudden the rents are going to uh, decrease. They're going to increase. Your, the macro trend, what's going to continue to happen, do, and you read past the headline of these you know, different headlines that are trying to uh, clickbait you, is there is no expectation that there's going to be any deflation, any loss of value in home values. There will be a slowing of the inflation or the appreciation of home values. And what they're often trying to do in these clickbaited headlines is conflate the two. Don't believe it. Julie and I did a great podcast based on all the views and the listens. Go and listen to it. The 15 reasons why there will not be a housing crash. Absolutely positively listen to that. Get the notes. Uh, pay attention. Focus on it. There, and I don't know if you guys follow all this stuff like Julie and I do, but pretty much everybody, I'm not saying they're listening to our podcast or, or whatnot, but maybe they did. Everyone is essentially saying the same exact things that Julie and I did months ago when we created that content for all of you. So don't believe the hype. There's not going to be a housing crash. There will be a slowing of the appreciation or slowing of... of um, you know, the inflation. Now, that said, there will be pockets of housing around the United States that are going to be affected by what we believe to be a recession that is either here or soon to be here. And there'll be certain industries and businesses that are going to be adversely affected. Those businesses might be essentially, for example, I remember very well, uh, Julie and I were, you know, again, we use Columbus as an example because we know it best because that's where we are from. But when Julie and I were selling real estate in Columbus, Ohio, there were markets that were red hot no matter what the interest rates were, no matter what that was going on in the economy. We started selling a lot of real estate back when one of the, you know, during a recession, actually. That was one of our first real bouts of having to learn how to do some of the things that we're sharing with all of you guys all these years later. But what we saw was in Columbus, there were maybe was a major employer. And that major employer, because of the fact that there was a recession going on, had to lay off people. Well, there were several new or uh, mostly newer home uh, subdivisions 
the houses were built around this major employer and all those houses went on sale. A lot of them went into foreclosure. So you would drive maybe 45 minutes one direction and houses you'd have to, there were like 10 offers for whoever one house for sale, 45 minutes the other house, uh, other direction. There are 45 houses for sale, one after another, after another, after another. That's what you're going to have to, you're going to have to learn how to work in both markets because you need to be the agent that's going to help solve other people's problems and people's problems in a market like this are going to be more complex. That's the reason that you join coaching. Julie, next point. Point number eight is the macro trends of people moving to the countryside and secondary markets will continue. Voluntary simplicity, the term most of you don't know, that means voluntarily <laughs> kind of shaving back your costs and having a, maybe a, a, a little bit uh, more affordable lifestyle. That's voluntary simplicity. And Starlink, we've talked about that before, are of course factors contributing to this. But the secondary markets that are still close to big cities will continue to be popular and a good place to invest. Well, so let's actually drill down on that because it's kind of a funny point. There was, and I'll tell you, if again, some of you guys uh, will appreciate this because you'll remember, uh, back during the first uh, 07, there was a big group of people, um, and uh, you know, it made total sense, frankly, at the time, mm -hmm. who just said, you know what? I don't need this expensive lifestyle anymore. I don't need to live in this expensive house. I don't need to have a dry cleaner and three cars and, you know, whatever. So they decided to actually cut back and pare back. And that movement, which was called voluntarily, voluntary simplicity, it then dissipated as the market started to come back. A lot of those people got frugality fatigue, which was another funny term mm -hmm. that came as a result after the housing crash. People got tired of doing staycations. There's another one. By the way, if you guys noticed the word staycation is back. Mm -hmm. So these are all just, you know, these are kind of predictable trends. But as far as the voluntary simplicity movement, that's where the tiny houses uh, movement came from. Yeah, that's, that's where a lot of these people that were like thinking that they can live in vans their whole life came from. Van life. Exactly, van <laughs> life. These are all the types of things that basically came from the last recession. Do you see how it can change society forever? I mean, I remember uh, Julie's grandma, uh, Minnie, that was her name. It Was that her birth name? Yeah. That's crazy. Minnie and Francis. Minnie Francis. All right, so... She was somebody who lived through the Great Depression. And when Julie and I would go over to her house, they had, she had mostly, not her grandfather, just hordes of rubber bands and mason jars and old time magazines and just all kinds of things. Why? Because she had gone through the Depression. She told, saw her mom and her grandma save all this stuff because those things had value. Those were like, you know, you could trade rubber bands. You could trade mason jars. You could trade, I well, don't know. canning. She was deep into canning because you could trade food, right? And, and those old magazines and whatnot, mm -hmm. you could burn in a fireplace if you couldn't afford wood. But that changed. It wasn't like she was still trading, uh, you know, mason jars. It wasn't like she was still burning wood or newspapers in her fireplace. She actually had that become part of who she was, mm -hmm. someone who nowadays people would call hoarding. Back then they would call it smart. You see all these types, right. well, maybe hoarding is not the same thing, but you guys get the point. These are the ways that forever, that people are forever changed. It's our collective uh, unconscious actually starts changing the frequency ever so slightly because we all become aware that the incredible abundance that a lot of us have experienced for a long period of time was predicated on things that were not sustainable. That's what a lot of us are going through now. But you do not have to be somebody that's going to live in a van. You can actually realize that these changes are natural. There's a lot of good things that come from this. I mean, frankly, a lot of those little uh, micro houses, they're tiny houses. Those are pretty they're badass. Cool. Yeah, they absolutely. are. All right, next point. Great home office. Okay, so point number nine, employers, not just in real estate, but employers at large, will have to allow for continued remote working in order to keep their best employees. 
this matters to you guys who are showing houses in the east. We did a whole podcast about being overly particular. Why can't you find a house for your buyers? Because you're, you're searching this micro thing. Find out if maybe working remotely is an option for them so you can expand your search. They'll probably end up spending less money, not more. Well, this also goes to why a lot of you should be expanding not just to your state, but maybe to other states mm -hmm. as you start to see your, like it was normal. It's normal for uh, you know people to migrate from one city to the other. You know, they're going to go from San Francisco down to L.A. They're going to go to L.A. to, you know, maybe here, maybe New York. You guys get the point. And there's a lot of you listening right now who have brokerages, who have offices in these different markets. I know a lot of people, agents, coaching clients that have licenses in these different states mm -hmm. so they can actually help them in different states. That's really smart. The point being is it wraps into point the previous point, too expect these macro trends of people moving away from these densely populated, very expensive uh, places to live. Now they were moving away before because of the pandemic and they want to get away from COVID. At least that was, you know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But now a lot of that, uh, that movement and those macro trends is going to be a turbocharged because now people are going to say, not only have I come to like the idea of having a you know simpler life, I also like the idea of being able to cut my expenses. I also like to be able to, you know, I'm never going to go back to going into an, an office. And then Starlink, Julie and I have that here in Murphy, North Carolina. It works great 90% of the time and it's a hundred dollars a month. And we were paying, you know, uh, what were we paying? Viasat, like but, 650 for everything we yeah, have to do. It's ridiculous. And you can do the same. And by the way, Starlink, here's the amazing thing. They have a feature where where you can put the Starlink on your on your van if you wanted to be if you wanted to be mobile. Some of you you're going to see people, and we saw this again after the last big housing correction, who basically cashed out, bought really bitching RVs, and you know what? They're still on the road to this day. You That's know? true. And they live in the RV and they work in the RV. So there's a lot of famous social media people who uh, are writing books and doing great, uh, you know, just different sort of uh, content creation who have, are living in different places all over the United States primarily who are living in mobile vehicles. Those, look, I'm not suggesting you guys do that, but I'm suggesting those are the types of trends that came as a result of the last big, you know, housing debacle. Now the things that are going to come as, as a result of this big inflationary bout are going to be 10x more, I would say, I wasn't going to say the word severe, but 10x more, um, uh, what would be the word? Significant. Significant, yeah. sure. Impactful. Yep. Yes. Now, uh, point number 10, this is one of my favorite points for you guys, for sale by owners, otherwise known as unrepresented sellers, will get their butts kicked and be easier to convert. Why? Because they will be overwhelmed more quickly by the complexity of the market. Things like different types of mortgages. How do you pre-qualify somebody? How do you get somebody to assume your loan? How do you do all these things? And in some markets, you guys already are seeing a bit more inventory to compete with those for sale by owners. You know, after a little bit of this adjustment, for sale by owners will stop expecting to get 20 offers in a weekend. They'll last two or three weekends and then typically they give up. Well, that's normally what the cycle's always been, but what's yeah. gonna happen is there's more inventory. The for sale by owners aren't going to have the buyers wanting to bypass buyer agents uh, to because you know essentially the buyer's agents don't have enough homes to show the prospective buyer. And that's a lot of the reasons why the for sale by owners in many of your markets have you know had an frankly, in many cases, an easy time of it. Mm -hmm. That's changing now. You're going to have to be more versatile. You're going to have to be more flexible. You're going to have to get over your abhor abhorrence to communicating with a FISBO, an unrepresented owner. Because most cases, someone uh, tries to sell their house themselves, not because they're realtor haters, don't believe that, Mickey Mouse. Nope. It's because they simply don't know a real estate agent. 
or it's because they maybe had a little bit of extra time before there was something on the horizon that was going to force them They're to They're going to try it out. They say that all the time. Well, exactly. we're going to try two open houses. But you guys who don't call them, don't visit them, don't know that, and that's the same agents that make up those stories that, oh, they must be agent haters. No, they're, they're just going to try it out, and then they're going to list in two weeks, hopefully with you. So how are you feeling right now? Hopefully you're feeling educated. Hopefully you're feeling motivated, and hopefully you're ready to get into action because here's the thing. The new market, the new your market, the, essentially the new leaders in real estate, they're yet to be crowned and they're going to be crowned. The ones that are going to be uh, essentially the new leaders are going to be the ones that take action now. Stop waiting for the world to return to the way it was. It's not going to. It's all done. It's gone. That's gone. It's forever gone. This new world's going to be all about inflation. This new world's going to be about things getting more expensive. This new world's going to be about people adapting to the new, to the essentially the new realities. And you're going to see there's going to be new winners and, and frankly, unfortunately, people that choose to be losers. And the new winners are going to be the ones that say, yep, it is what it is. I'm going to adapt. We're going to learn what this new market requires and everyone else is going to basically wait around for the clouds to clear and they're going to wait around for things to somehow go back to whatever is normal. And then what happens is when you act like that, it's a mental process. When you act like that, you're going to lose days, weeks, months, and years. And you're going to be looking back 10 or 15 years from now and you're going to be saying to yourself, my greatest regret was I didn't move past my emotional and egotistical uh, you know, resistance to adapting, adapting and change. Guys, I get it. I feel it too. Julie does as well. Trust me when I tell you, we do not want to have to go through another recession. We are kind of done with it. <laughs> you know? I know over that. We yeah. don't want to have, look, we love talking about the easier stuff. As from our perspective, telling you guys how to do price reductions and dealing with the psychology of you and the sellers and all the aye, rest aye. of it. It is so much more work. It is just exhausting compared to basically the previous market where everything sold itself and there was FOMO everywhere, fear of missing out. That is all leaving the building and now we're dealing with a new reality, but that's okay. We're adapting. We've changed essentially a lot of the stuff we're presenting to you guys on this podcast mm -hmm. and obviously on our YouTube channel. Julie, why don't you roll us out here? Yes. All right. So again, please go ahead and like as well as subscribe to our channel so you won't miss any new podcasts. We do have something new for you every single weekday. So go ahead and add your comments and questions below and we're going to be sure to get back with you with a timely response. Don't forget to subscribe because it doesn't come out at the same time every day. I have all my favorite podcasts set to subscribe so that I don't have to keep checking for them. Yeah, exactly. Me too. And if you're on iTunes, all you got to do is click the little plus symbol. And of course you're over on YouTube. Just hit the subscribe button. It's super easy. Guys, listen, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals on at least the United States. Thank you for keeping our book, Harris Rules, one of the best-selling real estate books of all time. It is truly our pleasure. It is our honor to be your partners in this transitioning real estate market. Now it's up to you to get into action. Remember the highest and truest purpose of all of us on planet earth is being of service to other people and never, frankly, in the you know 30 years we've been in this business, have we seen the makings of a market that is going to offer so much opportunity for the people that have that service mindset and then have the skill set to back it up. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.